0: Go up or this
1: needs to come down. Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal. And I'm here today with Bruce McCurdy. Hey Bruce.
0: Hey David, how are you doing tonight?
1: Good. We got the last second kind of camera and lighting adjustments. You know, this mm-hmm. is you know, you gotta we gotta be ready for our close up. <laughs> don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're in a good mood That's because me
0: <laughs> the refs <a> stink, guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, refs, refs. We're in a good mood because the order's got some revenge on those refs, which I don't know their names, but that was just horrendous refing. They should be ashamed. Of oh, ref-
0: Halikitis and John McIsaac.
1: Just shameful refereeing,
0: just Just utterly incompetent
1: or I don't know what, just Homer through the roof, Homerism. Anyway, uh, the Oilers won, uh, five to three against the Boston Bruins. It was a well-deserved win in kind of a weird game, but the Oilers were behind a lot.
0: Three times. uh,
1: On grade A chances, grade A shots on net, Bruce, the Oilers had 14 to Boston six from our preliminary count. You've yet to go over it, but, um, the Oilers were clearly the better team tonight, but Boston keep getting it, kept getting ahead, uh, only to have the Oilers claw back and eventually um, claw back again in the third period, take the lead and win the thing with um, three third-period goals. So. Uh,
0: According to Natural Statrick, which counts them different than us, but uh, with lots of overlap, they had high danger chances at 13-7 to 7 for the Oilers. <clears throat> so, so they saw the same more. thing we did, even though all the other shot metrics were pretty much close. Uh, the grade A or scoring chances and especially the high danger chances were very heavily slanted in favor of the Oilers. And that's what I saw as well, was the Oilers who created the, the better looks on the night and really neither goaltender really stood on his head with rare exceptions.
1: All right. So we'll go with uh, two good things, two bad things and two numbers tonight, but because the order's one will go with two good things each. What is your first good thing, Bruce?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Co- Cody CC uh, and with a hat tip to his partner, Duncan Keith. I thought they had a pretty strong game other than they uh, Keith kind of got burned by Pasternak on the first goal, which sort of became a two-on-one out of nothing. Uh, but I thought they bounced back well, and they they uh, uh, they're under a lot of pressure. Man, Boston likes the forecheck, and they, they really were bringing the bringing the heat even all the way down to below the hash marks and even below the icing line. And the defensemen had to be pretty quick, and and uh, I thought they did a pretty good job of keeping them to the outside. And then uh, Cece came through with a huge. Uh, Two-point third period uh, with a, uh, uh, a great um, uh, move around the zone and centering pass to Leon Dreisaitl for the game-winning goal. And then uh, just a the second point as an oiler. Uh, and then following that up just a few minutes later with his first goal as an oiler, uh, cleaning up on some chaos in uh, Boston Territory by burying a high shot from the slot. Uh, through traffic, and, and uh, he was in the right spot, and he made, a, he made the right shot. And uh, so that um, those two offensive plays from an unexpected source uh, were a big part of the reason Edmonton was able to, to uh, pull out the two-goal win in the end. Unfortunately, the same shift that he scored on, CeCe got drilled with a puck in the ear and helped off to the dressing room, and uh, it looked a little dire. I hope it just is, uh one of those things he did obviously didn't have time to come back with only two minutes left in the mm-hmm. game. But uh, let's hope that all is well. Getting the puck in the ear is no fun.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. They sure need him, Bruce. He has just been um, the steadiest
0: mm-hmm.
1: defenseman on the right side. I mean, Evan Bouchard has been not, pretty steady, sure. but uh, Cece's proven to be the steadiest, and he's been he's been a. Decent replacement for Adam Larson. I never thought I'd say that. I, you know, I, people who listen to this podcast know how much I liked Adam Larson and how upset I was about what happened mm-hmm. when he left. Yeah. Um, and lukewarm about the Susie signing because I didn't know the player. And the, he had a bad, you know, there was lots of criticism of him in both Toronto and Ottawa. We didn't hear so much from um, Pittsburgh fans, but there was generally positive reviews from Pittsburgh last year about CC. I can see why. He's... He's he's rounded into a really he's a good top four NHL D man from that's my initial assessment of the player. Had his best game as an order tonight. Super solid on defense and under some heavy, you know, heavy lifting, heavy going, heavy fire, and mm-hmm. he got the job done. Not and not only that, just a great pass to Drysidle to set him up and, a, in, yeah. and an excellent snipe on his own goal. Yep. So good for Cody Cece. My uh, speaking of dry settle, that's he's my good thing. I mean, <laughs> what a game! He had a very Phil Esposito game, uh, Bruce. He had a, those Boston. last two goals, those last two goals were right out of the Phil Esposito playbook, especially the um, uh, where the uh, the uh, pass from CeCe, where he outbattled, I think, two Bruins in the slot, got great inside position. That, I mean, that was Phil Esposito. Yeah. That's, that's how he have- scored half his goals. And uh, Drysaddle did it perfectly, you know. Um, he's, he's been having uh, a, a great year, and and and, if, and I think if I had to vote, and I think I said this last podcast, but if I had to vote on who's the MVP of the NHL right now, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't watch all the other players, I'm just assuming it's going to be McDavid or Drysaddle. <laughs> but. <laughs>
0: It's a pretty, Which is pretty, pretty good head start should. if you look at the scoring race. I mean, yeah. they're kind of right there at the top again.
1: I'd pick, I'd pick Drysaddle over McDavid. Drysaddle's, uh defensive play is has been consistently strong, whereas McDavid's had far, far more hiccups. Leon's been really, really good at both ends of the ice, and he's leading the league in scoring. So if, if he's got more goals and assists, if he's got more points, plus he's a better defensive player, I mean... That's the, that's the game of hockey, so I'd have to go with Leon. Um, and just a f- fabulous performance tonight. At, you know, in a game where McDavid was more hamstrung because of um, constant fouls against him, which we'll get to.
0: Wow. Yeah, Dreisaitl, you talk about defense. There was one really weird play where uh, Puck came to Nugent Hopkins and he broke his stick. And it's like Nuge froze and he had, like, he kicked it over to the boards and he was still holding on to his broken stick. And then he decided he needed to go off and looked like Boston was going to break away on a two on one. And I don't know why Nuge didn't sort of stay on the puck and keep kicking it until he got it out of danger. But he did. And Drysaddle came hammering back hard and turned that two on one into nothing before it even got to the blue line just because he busted his butt on on the back check again. And uh, broke up a dangerous, what would have been a very dangerous counterattack off of a broken play, literally, with the broken stick. And uh, that's not the first time we've seen that this year. And I suspect it won't be the last, but it's sure fun to watch when, when uh, uh, Leon gets going full speed on the, on the back check. He's, uh, between his speed and his uh, big, heavy, gigantic paddle that he wields. Uh, good things can happen on the defensive side, as they did there.
1: Yeah, that the dynamite line was. I think it's plus two tonight. Yeah, they were. Yeah. They just had a. They had a really good game, and um, good to see that. So, just what was Drysaitel's assist?
0: Uh, it was a beauty pass across the ice to. to yeah, and Bouchard, Bouchard rang it in off yeah. the iron. Great shot, yeah. but the pass that fed him was really nice too. Yeah, found the right guy in the slot. So,
1: yeah, what a pass that was, and Bouchard. Unlike sure. Brandon
0: Carlo, who found the wrong guy in the slot when he uh, dribbled the puck off his stick right to the Leon Dry saddle between the high uh, between the hash marks, you would have seen some players blow that chance because they were surprised by it, but. Uh, not big Leon, bam, in the net. <laughs> <laughs> Took about an eighth uh, of a second for him to convert it. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah.
1: I don't know what, was it Carlo who was beating the slot too in the Laton yes. Dreisaitl's goal? Yeah. So I don't know which one he's going to feel worse about because the pass <laughs> just, that's one of those things, like every now and then you flub a pass, but mm-hmm. he just got he got out-muscled in the slot oh. He's going to be kicking himself as much for that, like losing position on sidle. Yeah, he's not going to be happy about that either. Both Getting of
0: them. out muscled by sidle is going to happen. Coughing the puck up to him between the circles. That's, uh, I'm thinking <laughs> that's the one he'll be seeing in his nightmares tonight. Probably. I'd say Soon both. He ever gets to sleep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sleepless night. The sleepless nights of Brandon Carbo. All right. What's your second good thing, Bruce?
0: I'm going to give a shout-out to young Ryan McLeod tonight. and uh, He's been a player that's kind of been under the microscope. And uh, he's had uh, – this was his 18th NHL game, counting the playoffs. And coming into tonight's game, he had five shots total, uh, five hits, I think it was, total, uh, two minutes in penalties, and uh one assist for a puck that rattled off his skate blade and went to the goal scorer uh in a game last year. And just low, low, low event where you look at the at the event summary, it's like he's not even there. <laughs> well, he's there tonight. Uh first of all he had an assist and a plus one and a and a and a well deserved assist it was too on the uh uh, on the cc goal i thought they might give it to cc unassisted because a boston player kind of banged it out of the chaos in front but that chaos was created by ryan mcleod and uh, colton sevier and uh, good things resulted from that but i thought mcleod was uh, i thought he was skating well all night you know when he raised his game was when taylor hall ran him in the board corner boards with the six or seven minutes left it was late in the game and Hall took a big healthy unhealthy run at him and the puck never came within five feet of McLeod and, and Hall just steamrolled him into the corner the refs were doing their usual oh that never happened I didn't see that I was looking over there and uh, it was an obvious obvious interference penalty that both DeBrusk and Michaels were calling out as, as well as people in my living room and uh, <laughs> McLeod, I thought Hall may have done the orders a huge favor there because McLeod, it was like he got his blood up after that. And he started playing pell mell the hell with this garbage, I'm going to get in there. And, and he was skating, he was hitting, he was throwing his weight around, he was still carrying the puck. And at the end of the night, he had two shots, three hits, a giveaway, a takeaway. You know, he was involved in the game, more involved. And, I mean, in, in the inside of the game, getting his nose over the puck, as, as I think it's Tippett likes to say. And uh, um, this was a very encouraging um, little run from, from uh, Ryan McLeod. And uh, if he plays like that, he's going to get a lot more games in this league.
1: Yeah, he had one hiccup at the end there in the neutral zone where he, made it, he lost a battle and there was a four <laughs> on two because of it. And I thought he'd be benched after that, honestly. But, you know, Tippett stuck with him. Mm-hmm. And I think the goal came after that, if I'm not mistaken, after that play. He he, he was hitting people, Bruce. He, he was involved physically. He's got to do that. I mean, he just mm-hmm. has to or he's not going to be an NHL player. He's got to, now and then, once a game at least, throw, throw a good hit, throw a hit, use his body. And um, he did a little bit more of that. So good for Ryan McLeod.
0: He's joined the I, battle, and he did. Yeah. So, hats off to him.
1: My second good thing is Zach Hyman's goal, which just, just you know, whatever that was, three seconds, where he dug the puck. He, you know, he got the puck from McDavid, and he's on the side of the, um, right on the boards, and he just powers his way through um, Boston Bruin defenders to, into the slot and puts a great backhand shot by the goalie. Just what a fantastic goal that was at a really key moment. Pulley Arvey had been hustling on the play, and I think he also kind of blocked off some interference, ran some interference for Hyman as he rushed to the net. But great individual effort, individual skill, and it's why I think he's likely going to be on Team Canada um, on McDavid's wing. They're gonna they're gonna like what he brings. I like I sure like what he brings. Man, he is. I don't know if he's going to be a bargain seven years from now, Bruce. He is a bargain and a half this year. He is so underpaid this year. Like, for what he brings as an NHL player, he's fantastic. He's everything I hoped he'd be and more. Um, and uh, I feel like like rubbing it in on Toronto Maple Leafs fans, but I won't do it. They, they might feel bad enough about it already.
0: Oh yeah, I was going to rub in to notice the fact that the Oilers just signed Matt Petrov Petroff to a three year entry level contract yesterday That's the guy that <laughs> Kyle Dubas passed up the draft pick that could have been uh, Matt Petrov Petroff uh, because he didn't want to uh, get involved in the signing of Zach Hyman even after it was certain that he was going to leave Toronto so uh, Dubas said keep your draft pick Edmonton and so Edmonton kept the draft pick and they made a pretty good pick with it so there's that On the Hyman goal, I'm going to wind the tape back a little further, high Meeker style, all the way to the Boston goal that preceded it 20 seconds earlier, and maybe five to seven seconds before that went in, when Zach Hyman got blatantly tripped in the slot by Patrice Bergeron. And I know we're going to talk about this more in a minute, but uh, Bergeron just went through with the stick out and just whipped the skates out from under under, uh, Hyman. And Hyman went down, and a hole opened up, and uh, um, uh, David Pasternak went into the hole with the puck, and the next thing you know, it's banging around in front of the net, and Marchand is putting it in. And, I mean, they call him the perfection line, but uh, um, that that one was a uh, pretty perfect example of a missed call. I think Hyman was pissed off. I really do. Because after the next face-off, he just took the puck. He went hard into the Boston zone. He rang one shot right off the post. That was his first chance that nearly went in. And then he was involved, I'd say, coming out of the corner, beating men, bowling it towards the net and drilling a backhand home past uh, a Boston netminder, uh, Linus Ulmark. And it was like 20 seconds of of, of pure vengeance for Zach Hyman after I think he I think he was pretty sour after getting dumped like that uh, by Bergeron and then Boston scoring immediately thereafter and it was uh, uh, the air was again blue in, in the McCurdy living room. Um, but Zach Hyman took matters into his own hands and he answered the best way possible. He just got the goal right back with a great individual effort. They should call it the
1: obstruction line based on tonight's play. <laughs> it was such a blatant trip. I couldn't believe my eyes. And and I couldn't believe, like, honestly, like, I liked you, Louis and Jack, the work they did, but they missed it, right? Like, I can't believe no one was talking yeah, about that, that. that yeah. after the after the goal was scored. I mean, there was only a goal. Yeah. There was only a goal. There was only a three-on-two down low, because, because the third guy got
0: <laughs> taken out
1: sneakily, mm-hmm. tripped by Bergeron on the flyby. Mm-hmm. And how did the like? There was a ref looking People right looking at right at it. People what a, looking
0: right at it? They were looking right out. Four or five terrible
1: refereeing. Terrible, terrible.
0: Why don't we and get and to I'm a bad sure. thing, Dave?
1: <laughs> we're getting there. We will both. We can both. We will re. re Recapitulate all of these moments again. Okay, well, <laughs> well, why don't I just do the bad thing? Because we're there. Yeah, go
0: for it. Go for it. We're there. <laughs> it
1: was one of the worst refereed games I've ever seen in my life. Like it was just preposterous how bad the refereeing was and how much it was one-sided. Yeah,
0: this calls is one thing. When they all go the same way, you start going, "What's going on here?"
1: I mean the first really super obvious one was Yam- Yamamoto's killing a penalty and he gets rubbed out on the boards high up the ice like there's like it was total interference no call. McDavid uh you know the the one where he gets the stick between his legs and tripped behind the net. And then he gets tripped again by Lazar at the end of the, I think it was Lazar at the end of the second period. Um the Zach Hyman thing is just that that was a they that needed to stick their arm up right away because that caused the goal against. That was a mm-hmm. that's the refs deciding the game, allowing a sneaky dirty play, and a and a trip like that. I mean, there, I guess there's a one in ten chance that Bergeron didn't do that on purpose, but
0: I don't um, care. He tripped him whether he did it on purpose or not. Accidental tripping is still tripping. They call it all the time. The, I wasn't sure he was, did it on purpose either, but his stick hooked uh, Hyman yeah. in the ankles and down he went. I mean,
1: I think he did okay. it on. Purpose. But I can't say for sure Then there was the interference call on, my, on yes. the cloud And then there was the two penalties that Marshawn got Like I don't know what he's doing out there Marshawn Like he like the, these wipeouts are the, the oddest thing He's kind of yeah. going by players And looking to bump ankles with them And spin yeah, at go. the same time and, and take a dive Brilliant Because it worked twice, twice. It fooled, it, you know, it got these refs I don't think either of them was a real penalty and um, but he got he got the call. At least, and, and 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 as you noted, as we were talking about this back and forth as the game was going on, you noted all garbage calls, all favoring the home team.
0: All the of the, uh, the disputed calls, yeah. And I think there was a one in the... and that was during the second period. In the third period, Edmonton actually did get a power play, and then um, uh, they they started letting everything go. Jeez, well, geez, uh, Hull running McLeod five feet from the puck, you know that was. Fairly plain as day too But uh,
1: Yeah I don't know Bruce I, Like not tonight? Maybe they just had an off night Maybe these are otherwise really sound and Strong officials I can't say but that they just They deserve To get a phone call tomorrow saying like what What is up with that like how, how did you Miss some of these calls you know that trip On McDavid come on That's just ridiculous
0: Yeah That's McTavish pathetic. in the second intermission Craig McTavish isolated on the the one in the third period in Detroit on Tuesday where Morris Sider just shoved his stick right into McDavid's skates and sent him flying and, and in the third period of a 3-2 game, mind. And then this one tonight, and, he, and McTavish was saying, you know, how do they miss that? They said they've got no excuse for missing them, missing those. Like if you're There's not two- watching Connor McDavid with the puck one-on-one and the defenseman, the guy sticks his stick in and hauls him down, how do you miss it? Get it together.
1: What's your bad thing, Bruce?
0: Uh, Well, I'm going to go with Mikko Koskinen's start to the game. Uh, And this was like right from the very start. The first shoot-in, he lost his balance and he crashed into the boards and the puck bounced off him and out of the trapezoid where he couldn't get it. Just very clumsy. And then there was another shoot-in 20 seconds later maybe where he fielded it behind the net. He looked up, he had Duncan Keith alone in the corner, nobody within 30 feet of him. All he needed to do was slide the puck over to him. And instead he decides, I'm gonna hold it and then I'm gonna fire a a high puck around behind Keith and make him chase it. And so by the time Keith does chase and gets down, he's in the trolley tracks and he gets crunched because his goalie fed him a sucker pass instead of an easy, quick outlet. And he turned the puck over and then, however many minutes after that, uh, 4.45 of the first, Pasternak had really the first decent chance for uh, for Boston. And it was a two-on-one, and he is a deadly sniper. But I thought Pasternak kind of missed his shot and it looked like Koskinen should get it. And then he opened his legs, and then it looked like it was going to hit him in his knee. And then he lifted his knee, and the puck slid under and into the net. And what are you doing, playing dodgeball? Uh, and I didn't like the three-two goal either. But on the other hand, he did make a fantastic uh, save in the third period. That, with the Oilers leading by one, that was a game turner in their favor. So at least he uh, made up for that shaky start. But the first few minutes, he did not fill me with a lot of confidence.
1: No, and you know, and with this Mike Smith back in Edmonton injured, this is getting a little worrisome. Yeah. I, yes. You know, Stuart, I, it would be more worrisome if Stuart Skinner hadn't looked so good um, this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I didn't have confidence in him going in. Because Koskinen, you just can't, you know, you can't count on him to carry the load month after month after month no. here. No, that's not so nice. Skinner's going to have to step. Like, they're going to need another solid NHL goalie if Smith's out longer term. And I'm almost... Ex- <laughs> what's going on with Smith? Like, it's just like, he's like on the verge of returning now, ever since he got hurt, essentially, it seems like, Oh, he'll, you know, it's a small, small thing. He'll be back soon. It's like, okay, this isn't something weird is going on here. He's got some injury. That's not getting better. He's pushing himself, obviously. And, um, we'll see what happens. But anyway, with Skinner and Koskinen, it's, it's, we'll see how it, it might go. Okay. If they if they can play Stuart Skinner one out of every three games, and um, he can hang in there and be a you know a nine ten nine fifteen say percentage NHL goalie, mm-hmm. this is it'll it'll work out because Koskinen's, Koskinen's haven't had a good start to the year. He didn't have a good game tonight, obviously. He um, I yeah, mean, there's he
0: only had a
1: six great yeah. chances, six chances, yeah. and you get three goals out of it. That's not and this is a, is it the second game in the row. Yeah. One was
0: a B chance of the goals. Yeah. Anyway, the long shot from the point that got through him. That, yeah. was, uh, that was a weird one. But uh, I, he, uh, I mean, he did put up a goose egg in the third period. So that uh, redeemed himself somewhat. Now, uh, 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 Skinner will be starting again tomorrow. So his second start in uh, three days is the idea. And then. They'll they'll play it from there, but hopefully Skinner can come up with a second good game in a row and win it. That'd, you know, ideally, and and uh, that would uh, help and uh, uh, solidify his spot in the rotation. Because Smith now it's 23 days since he got hurt, and he came on the road trip. And the thought was they got they're going to start. He's not quite ready. They're going to give Skinner a game for, attaboy, boy for for uh, being a good soldier. Then Cost can play Thursday. Smith Friday was kind of the thinking. And then the news came out that Smith is not only not going to play; he's actually flown all the way back to Edmonton already. So he's clearly out for the whole road trip, which is four more games, well, three more games after tonight. So it is getting troublesome. And it's, it's. I, I have an idea. You're right that he's got, you know, a groin pull or something, and he keeps trying to push himself, and and that just results in setbacks because it's. Uh, You know, by the grapevine, this is certainly not the first time that this has happened, that Smith was close and then not so close.
1: All right, what is your number, Bruce?
0: Well, I'm going to simplify to the Henry David Thoreau thing. And uh, uh, my number is one, and that is the length of both of Edmonton's losing streaks so far this year. And it's if you want to be a good team, one of the really best ways to do it is to cut off the losing streaks right after one game. Don't even get, let them get going at all. And tonight, they had a few reasons why they might have lost that game. One, Boston was playing pretty good for, for large parts of it. Uh, and they had some, some breaks go against them. And they had uh, three times they trailed and they had to come back. Twice they tied it within a minute. Uh, third time they they tied it in the third period and then just kept on coming with uh, with two more goals. This was a big win and it was uh the Oilers did it skating uphill for a lot of the night and at the at the end of the night, you know, these uh the fact that they survived this this uh poor night from the men in stripes and that they survived, you know, some of the, some of the crap that happened to them uh and just Kept coming back and wound up walking away with the game. This really encouraged me about this team. I thought they showed a lot of character in this win tonight.
1: They got a lot of talent. I Show mean too, they right? got a lot of Leon Dreisadn. And, and oh. let's be let's let's be honest here, Cody CC. I mean he's playing like he's like looks like a I don't know if I can believe my eyes. And you know, players trend up and down through the season, but man, this guy is he's a hockey player. He's a good hockey player. Bruce, my number I'm gonna change my number a little bit. My number is I was inspired by your Matt V. Petrov mini rant. <laughs> um, which you now you now and then go on. Uh,
0: <laughs> I am not gonna forget about Matt V. Petrov. Matve Dup-
1: Petrov. <laughs> yeah, it was a fit of peak, I think. It was a fit of peak from Kyle Dubas in the yeah. end. To, you know, you know, cutting off your nose despite your face kind of move, right? Because he's losing Hyman. Why not get yeah. something back? Why not? Like, Is it that important to, to pare down Edmonton's salary cap? Uh,
0: in, the, in the immortal words of Weird Al Yankovic, he can eat it. <laughs> so, Matty
1: Petrov has 18 points in 14 um, OHL games this year. Mm-hmm. 10 goals, 8 assists, 18 points in 14 games. Petrov was drafted what was he drafted here
0: first overall
1: by the OHL 180th by the players
0: oh yeah Toronto Maple
1: Leafs had two two um drafted two players before that Mm -hmm. and together Petrov has 18 points together those guys have 19 points okay so um Matt Nyes has seven points in 10 games for uh Minnesota in the Big Ten conference in the uh, U.S college hockey and Ty Voigt, who they took ahead of Matt v Petrov has 12 points in nine games. So anyway, um, I guess the point is they had it they had a chance to get a, a player who's looking as you know in terms of offensive production is looking as good as the two guys they wanted one, one they invested a second round pick in and the other one, the other one was a fifth round pick. Um, they could have had another guy who looks just as good, if not better, at least by the scoring totals in either of those guys right now. And Kyle Dubas got too smart for himself. I think he, 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 um, he got overly clever and just, or or prideful even, and, and decided he wasn't going to cooperate in a way that would have helped his team. So, um,
0: Yeah. Yeah, he, the disadvantage he put uh, Ken Holland out by not doing that deal was the same disadvantage uh, that all 31 other NHL teams uh, benefited from. Yes. So he helped all of the Oilers' opponents, including Toronto, but all the other ones. Uh, but he cost specifically only Toronto by not getting the draft pick. You now, I, I would say the chance that they would have actually taken the same player had they traded for that pick would be pretty low. But the fact remains that the, the pick that was offered eventually was turned into Matt Petrov, Petroff. So he's the name that we can associate with pick number 180. And it'll be fun to watch if he's uh, if he's for real. And the replays I've seen the highlights and so on from North Bay, he's good.
1: Yeah, all the more reason to cheer for him. No, of course, <laughs> <You bet. laughs> there's all kinds of players who score a lot of points in junior hockey and never become NHL hockey players. Like yeah, so. Oh, yeah. Long road ahead, long runway. and
0: and He's a Russian oh, and he makes it with the Oilers. He'll have broken a few barriers. but they, uh, let's...
1: It wasn't a lot that the Oilers were offering. On the other hand, it wasn't a lot that they were asking either. So anyway, yeah. Chinsky. So tomorrow night, Buffalo. Bruce, I'll, I'm going to be um, coaching.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so I'm going to be away. So can't I do think. the game tomorrow night. But you and Kurt are going to have it covered, uh, I guess.
0: Yeah, I'll be grading that game, and Kurt and I will do the podcast together, and uh, and we'll catch up on scoring chances after the fact. And and uh, a lot of games right now; they're coming thick and fast, so it's no no surprise. The next one after that Sunday. Sunday. Okay. Sunday at St. Yeah, yeah. Louis, and Tuesday at Winnipeg. So it's a rough end of the road trip. So the would be uh, uh, well advised to see if they can sc- secure another two points in Buffalo tomorrow night. And, if they do, you know they've they've already salvaged a credible road trip. If you if you can win two out of five, and ideally you get a a third win in there, and but uh, they've uh, they got a big one tonight. They're, they easily could be looking at an O two start to this road trip right now. And uh, credit to the Oilers, they are not.
1: Yeah, against the surprising Sabers, they really are surprising. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah and this is this is a they needed this bruce because they boy do they need a win here because this is a tough road trip like st louis and uh you know buffalo's been doing well so mm-hmm. and who's the who's the 13 that you mentioned winnipeg winnipeg Uh ah, Winnipeg's always tough
0: they have the rarest of rare in the modern nhl with winnipeg a home and home they're playing in winnipeg on the last game of the road trip on uh On Tuesday, next Tuesday, and then on Thursday, they come home and they play the Jets again in Edmonton. And I bet you could look at team schedules around the NHL. You might find some teams that had no home and homes all year long. Like, there's so many teams, and you only play each team at most four times at most, or three or two times. And so, anyway, we'll be looking forward to that. It's not like there's no history between Edmonton and Winnipeg, that uh, there might be a little intensity in those back-to-backs.
1: There will be. There will be. All right. Bruce, if something doesn't there. have
0: a burr in their bonnet about Winnipeg, then I will be concerned. But I'm not worried that they won't. I'm pretty sure they'll uh, they'll come out loaded for bear.
1: The owners seem to have a bit of a burr in their bonnet about this season right now. I like it. Ten and two. Do they wear bonnets? <laughs> thanks for talking, Bruce.
0: Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone.